previously on Two Drunk Fans. Weaving has slipped through two. Can she get a shot? If no, lays it back. It's 2-0. What a finish. Amy Rodriguez after solo time. And we know Jill Ellis, U.S. Women's National Team, is in the stands watching this today. And this will be something she is delighted about. It's going to be able to evaluate, certainly. I mean, we'll want to see players. I mean, every coach has a slightly different nuance to how they want to play. So even though I'm familiar with these players, it's maybe seeing or asking something different of them. So I think it's starting to layer in the things that we think are important and how we want to play. I think those are the focus. I mean, it's really going to be about performance. Certainly, score lines are important, but I think for us, it's going to be about our performance and putting together good sequences in these matches against a top-level opponent. You know, I'm going to go back, to, back and kind of mull on it a little bit and talk to the staff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we got some answers. And, listen, this is a tough, tough job. That's, that's a fantastic group of 28 players we have here. So uh, they've made it hard. From Portland and Boston, it's Two Drunk Fans, a loose collection of drunken ramblings on women's soccer told mostly week by week. Amy Rodriguez is 27 years old, a graduate of USC, a forward for FC Kansas City, and a gold medal winner. She's also no longer a starter for the U.S. women's national team. Where did she go? Is this really a story? Is this just the natural trajectory of a team whose very premise requires frequent turnover? Or is it something more sinister? Rodriguez was supposed to be a starter for the U.S. women's national team, a deceptively explosive and compact forward, a confidence player who flourished under the right coach, but wilted under the wrong one. She had the power, the speed, the flashy nickname. Under Tom Sermani, she played 334 minutes when she returned after having a child in August 2013. But when Sermani was suddenly ousted in a still mysterious sequence of events on April 6, 2014, New head coach Jill Ellis took his place, and A-Rod became virtually persona non grata. I asked Coach Sermani what he thought about Amy's benching. Uh, I can't get a great performance out of Amy. Of course, the team was going through some reorganization, but you can't make a haggis without guts. But I never had a chance to show them the highs the program could reach. They only saw the lows. I did not have enough time. Under Jill, she's only played 41 minutes and she sat out for a six-game stretch over two months, including the U.S.'s 7-0 blowout of Argentina on December 18th. She hasn't started since September 18th. In the Brasilia International Tournament in December of this year, in the second must-win game against Brazil to clinch the tournament title, Ellis opted to start on exhausted, aging Abby Wambach for 70-plus minutes, eventually subbing A-Rod in for the last 20 minutes of the game. I have to wonder, what was the plan? I'd previously speculated A-Rod was injured, giving Ellis the benefit of the doubt. But as she entered the game, I was left with a scenario that for some reason known only to Ellis, she just wasn't playing A-Rod. Obviously, I'm not privy to practice. I don't see Amy Rodriguez in the day-in, day-out grind of being evaluated. I don't have access to the no-doubt meticulous data collected by the team's fitness guru, Don Scott. But as A-Rod did her best to run at, around, and through the Brazilian back line, aided by longtime partner in crime, Lauren Holiday Ney Cheney, it seemed to me that she would have been more effective given at least a full half to work, 
especially since she and Holiday have developed exactly the kind of rapport you want to see in a midfielder and forward. On the field, A-Rod is unpredictable, super fast. Her hips move in crazy ways, dynamic. Defenders never know what she's going to do, and I don't either. On the field, Lauren Cheney is a difference maker. Awesome. She can turn something into anything. She just makes everything tick. In the end, the United States was unable to score, closing out the tournament with a frustrating 0-0 draw and ultimately losing overall based on points. 2014 has been the year when the last of the true believers had to have at least questioned what was happening. Is this a team in decline? Are these just growing pains? Are these the death throes of the last regime before a new, younger, more adaptable generation rises to prominence? The U.S. has another tournament, the Algarve, in March, and a few friendlies before preparation begins in earnest for the World Cup. June will be the crucible, when faith is borne out or cruelly unrewarded. Drunk Fans is brought to you by Booze, Bad Life Decisions, and by you, our listeners. That was a really good interview with Tom. I did not expect him to bring Haggis into it. (laughs) I was... I was floored. Yeah. When you played that interview for me, I was just, number one, I was like, how did you get Tom Cermani on the phone? And number two, like, of course, the guy brings Haggis into the situation. So. Yeah, I know. you, The Scotch, you just can't get him to stop talking about it. He, we should do it three drunk fans with and, and get Tom back on the phone. We could give him a good, you know, glass of Scotch and some uh, mustache wax and let him ramble for a little bit. <laughs> Just let him let him go off. I mean, all jokes aside, why isn't Amy Rodriguez getting more playing time? What do you think it is, Gab? It was I, I, I think it's pretty apparent that, you know, it's not because she's hurt. Um, she might just not be the type of player that would work in the system that Jill is trying to trying to develop and trying to move forward with. Um, which is a little disheartening because you kind of feel like the system t- Jill is striking out with um, every time she tries it. It's just lackluster, and we don't have uh, an attacking presence that is striking fear in the heart of our opponents or anything like that. Like I personally can't wait for Alex Morgan to come back. Um, I I'm intrigued to see like if she's able to come back uh, and what that's going to look like with Ellis. But um, you know, I think. Maybe to Ellis, A-Rod's just not the right puzzle piece, which is hugely unfortunate. Well, that's my question, though. What the fuck is our system, though? Especially when we were playing Brazil. So much of our systems seem to be just do our best to absorb their attack and then somehow get it back up the field. Like, maybe we'd work it up through the middle, through some possession, but maybe we wouldn't. There there was no working it up. Yeah, it felt... connection. It felt totally, like... Just make it up as you go along. Pray to God that it doesn't get intercepted. And if it makes it into the attacking third, then 
hopefully someone will be able to find it with their right foot on a sweet spot, maybe? Yeah, maybe somebody will be outside the 18 and be able to take a shot. Yeah, it felt kind of hockey-like where they just, like, pound away in front of the goal and hope they can pick up a rebound to slam at home. So, yeah, the, like, A-Rod doesn't fit in the system, but what the fuck is the system? There, it doesn't appear to be a system. Look, if your system means starting Abby Wambach as your central midfielder, then you haven't created a system. You've created, you've created chaos. You've created a joke. A bit, a bit of a joke. Um, I, I feel like the formation that they're playing isn't the formation that we see on paper. You know, when you put uh, Heath and Rapino on on the on the wings. You know, they're not acting like uh, the two and three forwards. Uh, they're they're acting like additional midfielders at that point. So Abby, Abby is essentially up top with a partner. It leads me to believe that Abby and A-Rod don't have chemistry, um, which, I mean, I guess we have a lot of footage that we could watch to see is that true. Um, it's a joke for Abby to be playing as much as she is right now. Especially in the Brazil tournament, why did she keep starting game after game after game, even when one of the games got pushed a day because of rain? Was maybe Jill Ellis was trying to gauge whether Abby is a 90-minute player anymore. Maybe they're trying to find the upper limit of her endurance so they know exactly when they have to sub her. Because well, then they need to make her endure more. Maybe, but I don't think Abby's a 90-minute player anymore. I completely agree. And if she is, if she does push fully for 90 minutes, I think... That makes her, you know, that takes her out of contention for the next game immediately after that. It should. It should. There should be more of a rotation than yeah, but than especially what we saw. yeah, but especially with Abby, I think if she does find herself in a game where she has to really push for ninety minutes, like it's that crucial, then she's definitely not going to be of any use in the next game. Yeah, I think I think the 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 bigger question is. Isn't is Abby a ninety-minute player? Because I I think um, anybody who has been watching this team knows that there are more fit players who could be better or more productive for ninety minutes. Yeah. I, I think I think the better question is what period of the game is Abby the most effective in? It's 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 like is she more effective on the onset and setting a tone? Because she's physical, um, yeah. so she can set that physical tone. She's predominant. Um, or is she... It, 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 there have been a number of matches, uh, either this year or, or even last year, where she got subbed on um, later in the match. Was she able to have an impact? You know, we talk a lot about super subs. I'm not saying Abby would be a great super sub, but would she be more, have more of an impact I at think that she would. Then, Yeah. Yeah, because she's not as fast as she used to be it's not her fault for getting older it's just a fact you have to acknowledge so she doesn't have the same endurance and and speed that she used to um, is is abby ever gonna pull is is abby gonna be able to do 120 minutes again no i don't think so i think i think if she had to she would push herself to do it right but then her body would be wiped yeah she would be out for the next match yeah she should be it's it, it's not like some of the younger kids who would play 120 minutes and then, you know, if they had to, they could go in for another half in the next game. Like, I, I would believe Alex Morgan could do that because she's young enough, her body could bounce back. Or Sid LaRue yeah. and Morgan Bryant. But it's just a, a fact, like, time fucking marches on, man. I think that Abby Wambach is not a starter anymore unless you 
you really want her to go out there and, and pound at a team for 30 or 45 minutes and then you're, the plan is to sub her off, I think she should be subbed in with about 30 minutes, you know, 60-something minutes of the game um, and be used when the back line's already a little bit worn down so that she's fresh and she can go at them strong while they're worn down. It yeah, kind of... I, I think I think developing either one of those scenarios and making that part of the game plan as opposed to using Abby for 90 minutes. I don't think it should be in anybody's game plan anymore to play Abby for a full 90, 90 plus. That's our strategy, man. <laughs> that is our strategy. Jill, if you do this one thing, all your problems will be solved. <laughs> If you call now in the next 90 minutes, we, we will give no. you other important pieces of advice as well. Like Abby Wambach, this offer can't last 90 minutes. Call now in the next 45 minutes to <laughs> receive your good advice. Whatever. Whatever. We're, we're used to being number two now. Number two in Brazil, number two in the FIFA world rankings. Yeah, the, the Germans have I'm, taken... I'm, 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 I'm getting kind of used to it. Have taken number one. The Germans are now number one in men's and women's football. Uh, well, the, the thing is, though, I'm not making too much of this ranking because even when we were number one, I think we all understood that that ranking didn't really mean much. Among the top, you know, five teams juggling around in there, or maybe even the top three teams juggling around in there, the number didn't really mean anything. On any given day, one could beat the other. Yeah, the, the, the top tier of women's uh, international soccer on a good day and a good year, you know, World Cup year, is, is pretty phenomenal, and it's a pretty phenomenal spot to be. It's, it's just timing, and I find there's a lot of comedy in the fact that uh, this team is struggling right now to figure out who it is. Um, it's having an identity crisis of sorts. And at the same time, like FIFA's taking it out on them too. We're taking it out on them. I think, uh, I think you you uh, you said it best in the opener that the the fans are starting to, to question. You know, it's it's this it's this identity crisis. Well, uh, that's that's not fun to to participate in. I think it's kind of the a symptom of trying to chug along the past few years pretending like we didn't have to change and drastically the tom was trying to get some change going and jill was sort of carrying on with a couple new players but i don't think the kind of systemic change we needed to adapt to this cycle happened so we're kind of trying to patch it up here and there and all the plaster is crumbling off to reveal that the insides are going a bit rotten you know from water damage or whatever you know, it's just, I'm just hoping it doesn't all crumble before the Women's World Cup and that we're able to, you know, hang on then. Because I think it's too late for major renovations. I don't know, maybe it's not. We've got six, six-ish months, maybe five, to to really nail things down. The the assumption there being that major renovations are needed. What? How boring of a story is it if the USA is just dominant like Germany? Like, how boring would it be if Germany wins the World Cup? Are you saying that it's good that we're struggling because it makes things exciting? Yes. I, like in a macro, larger sense, maybe. And this stuff is is necessary for, I think, people to realize that the team is struggling. Like, if the team was able to keep pulling out wins in spite of their troubles, then people would be able to say, well, there's actually no problem because all that matters is win or lose. 
Right. I think this comes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago or episodes ago where, you know, there's fundamental issue with the foundation. The construction design is wrong. Yeah. And no no renovation is going to fix that. But the thing is, now that things are crumbling a little bit, you know, when you're at your lowest point, that's when you're most open to change. So I'm hoping that after what I see as, you know, a couple of successive failures, we approach our low point and that when we bottom out, it's not too much of a low. I'm hoping the team is... No, I get get what you're saying. You don't want to be displaced. Well, I don't want the team to end up in a gutter. I don't think Nike will let them do that. I don't want it to, to get, you know, so desperate, but it does need to get to the point where it's like, you know, they, they pull you a soccer aside and into a room with an intervention banner and be like, so I'm going to, I'm going to use a work analogy here. I don't talk about what I do for a living uh, often, but one, one thing that, that I get to facilitate conversations about when do you renovate and when do you build new? At what point do you look at the cycle and say, it's not worth it to put more money into this there. We wouldn't see a return by trying to continue to, to keep something going that isn't working. We have to start from scratch. And U.S. soccer needs to have that, that come to Jesus moment. We do. It's going to take a painful crash, and I think we're in the process of it right now, actually. It started with Algarve, and they kind of tried to give it a little bit of a booster in between then and now, but it's it's worn off and we're crashing again. Just please let us bottom out and rebuild before the World Cup. Please. Please. Yeah, I'm I'm just intrigued as to what bottoming out looks like. Does bottoming out look like Ellis is out and Tony steps in? Um, does it look like Ellis is out and we do a new coach search? Um, you know, Ellis was the player's choice for coach. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's working, but, you know, again, we are only privy to match results, which I think speak a lot uh, to somebody's success. But, you know, we're also just fans. At what point do the players take responsibility? Not that they have to take responsibility. Um, U.S. soccer obviously made a decision. But what's that next direction? I mean, if you really want to know what the definition of bottoming out is, I'm sure you could find a lot of answers on Grinder. What what's Grinder? <laughs> anyway, is that is that like a kitchen appliance? You know exactly what Grinder is. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So have we have we kicked the dead horse? Yeah, we've we've done terrible things to the dead horse. Let's just let the dead horse lie there in peace. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we need to let the sleeping dog lie at least until we see who's going to be in the January camp. Yeah, and we'll see how Algarve goes and some of those spring friendlies. How do you how do you think that January camp is going to go? Do you think we're going to see a lot of fresh faces, or do you think it's going to be the same old crew that just hasn't been getting call ups recently? For example, do you think we'll ever see Akilah Winters? Will Erica Timrak ever return? I think Timrak would return. I think she's. Uh, but like, do you think? Yeah. Do you think an? Do you think an Amber Brooks would would make an appearance back, or do you think? Or a Hagen. Uh, a Bazowski, or however you pronounce her name, would be able to make a return. Bazowski. What's Buzkowski? her name? Buzkowski. Yeah. Buzkowski. Yeah. You're like my father. Mike. Mike Buzkowski. You're like my father being asking me over break. What was the problem with that that Harmony girl? Harmony. 
And then me going, Harmony? Hope? Hope Solo, Dad? <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, yeah, Hope Solo. What was her deal? How did you How did you respond to that? Oh, boy, we don't have time. <laughs> Buskowski or uh, Lindsay Horan? That might be interesting. Who's going to surprise us? Like, like this huh. is what I want to do. We already know who the 23 are going to be, and that's going to include Crystal Dunn. That'll include one of the Muse sisters. That... Um, you know, that's that's kind of the standard for what we've seen this year. Who are going to be the other, like, 12 players that Ellis is going to be able to call in? I wonder if she'll call in any new goalkeepers. Do you think Barney will ever see FaceTime with the women's national team again? I think Barney's out, which pains me to I say think... because I love Barney. <laughs> I think Barney's out, too. Barney is a quality human being. She's a pretty decent goalkeeper, too. Maybe Franch? Is Franch healthy again? her ACL or yeah is her ACL better Ooh, I don't know I mean I'd love to I see French come back I don't think back. it's been enough time because she tore that like early in the season and doesn't that take like nine months nine to twelve months oh you're right she tore it in March mid-March I'm not looking at the computer so it's been at all for no any of this this you is you nailed it this is all my this is all my brain you nailed it it's been a little over nine months boom French won't be called in Aww. Maybe for evaluation or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I really liked her as a keeper. Man, Keelan Winters, though. Yeah, Keelan Winters. Becky Edwards? Becky Edwards. Do you think Jess McDonald might get a look? Probably not. Probably not. I think that would be interesting to call her in, though. It would be really interesting to call Jess McDonald in. Yeah. Um, it is a travesty that that Jill Ellis continues to overlook Kim Little. Snubbed for a, FIFA player. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, for our next our next investigative journalism piece, uh-huh. we really need to look into why Jill Ellis doesn't even know Kim Little is alive. Allie Long might get called in. Did you see the joke thing yesterday? Yeah, I saw everybody speculating over it, but I didn't say anything about it. And then when they were like, April Fool's in December, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, sure. I was just like, that was the weirdest thing. Because Allie Long tweeted it. Yeah. It was like, why is the player what? announcing it and not the clubs? Why? My favorite part of that is that everyone was willing to assume the worst of NWSL. Yeah, I was willing to assume the worst of the Thorns. Because, yeah, we were all like, well, that's really not how it should be done. But yeah, I could see the club fucking it up. <laughs> we, we all just assumed that the club had fucked up instead of assuming that something else was going on. And I think that's very, that's very, you know, it's a telltale thing about this league and how it operates. Oh, you know who I would like to see get called into camp? Nairn. Yeah. Stylish American midfielder, Christine Nairn. And she should be known for no one. I hear she's doing good things in uh, Australia Australia. or New Zealand or something like that. Oh my God. Can we talk about the New Zealand thing? Oh my God. Okay. So we're going to sum this up for you in case you didn't see it. In case you have blinders on and choose not to read poorly written opinion pieces by dudes that are just word human garbage onto a web screen he's like he looks like the kind of person who would have had frosted tips in the 90s uh so the new zealand herald published an opinion piece by this guy named chris ratu who is evidently human garbage and it was called women footballers can't fight genetics and it was basically an argument that like women's soccer will never be as good as men's soccer because that's just genetics women just aren't as good as men and they never will be and it also was uh told women like if you're so mad about fifa not treating your game right go form your own federation 
And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll go form our own federation to compete with FIFA, which is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Sure, we'll get right on that. Yeah, because, you know, we're doing a really bang-up job at creating independent uh, leagues. You get the sense that walking unflushed toilet bowl Chris Ratu would prefer that women just divest themselves from the game altogether and go off somewhere and not bother him. I just think that factory reject dildo Chris Ratu needs to get his head out of his own anus. <laughs> you know? Like, uh-huh. human potato with eyes Chris Ratu should just refrain from speaking about something on which he has no intelligence whatsoever. What was his name again? Overcooked hot dog, Chris Ratu. I don't know if Ratu. I'm pronouncing it right. Chris was Ratu, it April if I'm. Day in New Zealand as well? I don't know. Frozen dog turd, Chris Ratu. If I'm pronouncing your name wrong, please do correct me. I would hate to get the pronunciation of that wrong the way you got all your opinions wrong in your piece of shit article. So. We're just, we're just telling you how we really feel. Overbaked fart smell on a bus, Chris Ratu. Why don't you come on the show sometime and we'll talk about it? Or better yet, why don't you look any of the football ferns in the eye and repeat your opinions? I mean, at least then we'll know that they're honestly held opinions that, like, have the conviction of your beliefs behind them. And if that's what you honestly believe, then I can firmly, you know, then I can in, in good conscience dismiss you from my thoughts for the rest of the time. Not that I haven't already done that, so I really don't know what the purpose of that would be. Just dismiss you from the conversation forever. So if you are on Twitter, you can at NZ Herald um, and let them know what you think about publishing this kind of tire factory fire garbage. Yeah, it was just, it was poop. It wasn't even poop. It was like the undigested chunks of food you find in poop. It, it, it was so garbage that your body just passed it through because it was of no nutritional value. Was it corn? It was worse than corn. It was like a chewed-on piece of gum that you passed. Doesn't that stay in your intestines for forever? No, you just pass it, dude. That whole seven years to digest thing is bullshit. You just pass oh. gum. Just three-year-old in the bottom of your fridge cottage cheese, Chris Ratu. <laughs> so it's the end of the year, and we're going to talk about some of the ups and downs. Gab, what was your favorite game of the year? Oh, man. Uh, my favorite game of the year was the NWSL championship. Ah. That was uh, the best match I think I saw this, this year. Both teams were, were ready to go. Both teams uh, played to the best of their abilities. And um, it, was, it was all around excellent. Excellent game. How about you? Um, my favorite game of the year was Breakers versus Thorns. Sorry, Gab. It was in the early part of the season when we beat them 4-1, and Jasmine Reeves got a hat trick. Really? That that was your favorite game of this year? Because it was so unexpected, and it was like the only bright spot of joy in the Breakers season. Except for the time when we also beat the Thorns 2-0 at the end of the season, when you it didn't suck. count for much. I'm really sorry, you know I love the Thorns too, and it's just unfortunate for, I guess, both of us that... The Breakers, you know, nicest victories came against them. But come on, man. Just let me have this. 
you had a really sad soccer year if that was your favorite match of the year. I did have a well. I, I'm not picking any international match because think about the you know national teams. You're either losing, struggling to tie, or fucking blowing out teams that it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to pick any of that shit. You had such a sad soccer year, dude. I'm sorry. Just let me have this, okay? I'm, I'm letting you. I'm not taking it away. When the Breakers beat Portland 4-1 to with a fucked up roster that everyone was like, who the fuck? What? I think Tom Durkin is qualified to coach the national team after that. Don't you put that play. evil on me, Ricky Bobby. What if that's the thing with the NWSL? The, the coach that wins the championship gets to coach the national team. It's like a reality TV series. <laughs> it's like it's like Survivor. You know, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing what Vlatko could do with the national team. You're not the only one. I mean, um, A-Rod for sure would get some fucking playing time again. Right? You just won the NWSL championship. What are you going to do now? God, I guess I have to coach the national team. <laughs> Just like you see him packing his bags, saying goodbye to his family, (laughs) crying and being like, every night I will think of you. It's almost like um, in the Hunger Games when when the the winner is actually, the victor is actually won and then you find out their life actually just sucks because they're they're being poured out and... Are you saying Vlatko (laughs) would be the Finnick O'Dare of of coaches? (laughs) Yes. Are you saying Sunil Gulati is the President Snow of American soccer? Is that what's going on here? Yes. Okay, sure. I'm um, crying a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit of crying. Um, All right. On then, my end. What, what was your least favorite game of the year? Um, you remember that time that the Thorns lost to Boston 4-1? <laughs> to one? Wow. Yeah. I'm. I'm sorry that <laughs> happened to you, buddy. I, I think. I think that was probably my least favorite game of the year because I wasn't even mad. Like we lost to Seattle. <laughs> like that was you lost your bitter rival in a very embarrassing way. But you, when you lose four to one against the worst team in the league. Hey, it's fair. <laughs> Like you, I was just laughing. I was just like, "Oh my god, the champions are doing what now?" We weren't always the worst team in the league during the season. Sometimes we fluctuated into being <laughs> with Sky Blue to like the sixth or seventh worst team in the league. So my least favorite game of the year, besides all the ones where Boston lost, um, <laughs> I think it's a tie between our loss against Denmark in the Algarve. That stupid 3-5 game was that the first loss or the second loss and the Algarve I think it was our second loss because we lost 1-0 to Sweden and it's a tie between that and losing to Brazil on a Marta Hatcher it's probably a Denmark game because the Brazil game at least it was like you know at least Marta did that to us it wasn't just anybody it's the equivalent of like like it's better for your ego if I got knocked out by fucking Ronda Rousey as opposed to if I got knocked out by like say you thanks dude you can't be mad that you don't measure up to ronda rousey in terms of punch strength okay dude i'm 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 gonna prove you wrong give me a year (laughs) a year from today a year no you have until the world cup you have six months and then in vancouver we'll we'll test it 
In in Vancouver, I get the opportunity to knock you out. Sure. Okay. And you and you let me know how that feels. Okay. Well, then, who is your U.S. Soccer Player of the Year for either club or country? American Player of the Year, not on in the U.S. Women's National Team player pool. Okay, sure. If you want to make it that complicated. Well, I I feel like it's easy for American Player of the Year is Lauren Holiday. Okay. And uh, she just won. She just won that that recognition. Yeah, which she we just agreed received with. Received that recognition a couple weeks ago. Okay. So, so if I'm taking Holiday out and I'm taking all the other players in the pool out, mm-hmm. I would say the Player of the Year would have to be Keelan. Oh, so Keelan Winters. I think we could rephrase it then as most underappreciated Player of the Year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, most underappreciated most, American most player. Most underappreciated American player would be Keelan Winters. My my pick is um, don't don't get mad at me. Jesus Alyssa, Christ, what are you gonna do? I'm Alyssa Nair. She's in the player pool. <laughs> okay, she got she got capped. Okay, fine, fine. That. She got capped. Fine, shut up. God, she's not eligible anymore. She's being recognized. She got was she, she got though? Capped. She got a cap. Ashlyn's pinky was injured, so she kind of was out of the running. If Jill Ellis didn't play her, it really would have fucking sucked. Like, really. More than usual. Okay, fine. You can have Nair. Under- Who- Who is the most overrated? Most overrated player of the year? Oh, boy. I think you and I might have the same answer. I believe we probably do. I mean, it- It starts with an A and rhymes with Schmabby? It's it rhymes with my name. Yeah. It's my name. It's my name minus the G. Schmammy Schwambach, most overrated player of the year. Yeah. But she she might win the uh, the FIFA Female Player of the Year award. Um, and she's Concacaf's Player of the Year. So it's obvious that we know nothing about soccer. Oh yeah, totally. Saying Abby is overrated is not saying that she's bad, but it is saying she's receiving. A lot of recognition that's over and above what her contributions were to her teams this year, both on club and national level. So absolutely, her her contributions have been minimal this year. Like yeah. if we were to if we were to plot out Abby's contributions since she made her comeback from her her broken leg, um, if we were to plot that out, this would actually be a, a low year for Abby. But because of the accumulated career that she's had she's now at a at a point where she's receiving a lot of returns on all of this time and energy she's put in for minimal amount of output. I don't think I don't think there have been a lot of other overrated players. No, I don't think so either. Maybe Sid a little bit. Sid had kind of a slump of a year, but I'm willing to count this as an outlier until Oh, absolutely. Yeah, until we see what happens with, you know, Algar Friendly's World Cup. Everybody goes through weird times. So are we being too hard on Abby? No. <laughs> I agree. Cuz you can just you can just see it, right? It's not that stuff isn't shaking out for her. You know, she's making things happen, but through weird circumstances, they're just not panning out. She's, you know, she's got heavy legs. She she's just not as spry as she used to be. Once again, it's not her fault that fucking time marches on, but it is her fault if she tries to persist in the face of that, like it's not happening to her. Well, it's it's a situation where 
you look at a Sid or you look at a Morgan or you look at a Dunn and you're like, man, it sucks that they're not being good right now. It sucks they're injured. It sucks that they aren't producing the way that we know they can, but hopefully they're young enough that they can come back and do this. Like Abby's not going to have a comeback. No, no, she's not. This 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 trajectory is not going to rebound, and suddenly she's going to be able to pull 120 minutes against Canada in a semifinal. Um, short of her having a bunch of like bionic replacements, she's not going to have a comeback. This is she's in the sunset of her career. You you know how when presidents um are entering their final year as as presidents, they're called lame ducks. Yeah, like we're experiencing Abby's lame dunk duck term right now where she can call the shots because she has the clout with u.s soccer and we all know how u.s soccer operates and and whatnot and i think we've i i know we've talked about before with especially what happened to landon it's like you know could on the women's side u.s soccer do to abby what they did to landon and the answer is no what other best and worst we do best game best use of of a player in a position you wouldn't have guessed them to be in. Best player played out of position. Who's your pick? I mean, it's kind of got to be Lauren Chaney, doesn't it? Mm, no, because I don't like that she's being used out of position. You don't have to like it. You just have to evaluate whether they were the best at it, even though it's not their natural or preferred position. I don't think she's the best at it, though. That's That's true. I, I don't think she's a good number six. I don't. I think. I don't think she's a bad number six. No, she's... no, no. I, I I agree. I think I prefer her at number six than uh, Carly Lloyd. She's a competent number six. I want to say that. Oh yeah. 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 I think Megan Rapinoe is a number ten. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that in non-crucial games. It really frustrates me when it's a crucial game because I get really frustrated by Megan Rapinoe's attitude as of late. Yeah, me too. You know what I liked, actually, that took me by surprise, was Tobin Heath as a forward. And really? Not, yeah. I kind of liked it. Mm. I think mm. Tobin Heath has kind of improved a little this year. I, I feel like she's dribbled her way into trouble a little less this year. <laughs> Like, into other people's shins. She's not doing that anymore? Yeah. Um, and I think she's had her moments in front of goal. I kind of liked it. And it took me by surprise, because when I saw her in the lineup, instead of her usual midfield position, I, I distinctly remember going, and, yeah. and then at the end going, oh, mm, okay. That, that could work. Yeah. That could work. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite personality this year? online personality in the game personality who drew your attention i mean favorite personality wise this season has maybe been diana matheson she's always a favorite of mine though especially when she interacts with teammates and they all make fun of her yeah that's always good um mine my homer is gonna show gross put it away vero eh? i was telling you to put your homer away no one wants to see that put my homer away yeah ah, you're so funny my my favorite player uh this year was vero vero Bukete. something endearing about her it's it, the passion you know it's not necessarily her online social media skills even though they're there uh, having her in portland this year was 
was one of the very limited highs of being a, a Thorns supporter this year. I mean, there were there were uh, all the highs were player oriented, but I'm, Vero is top of that top of that list. You could tell that she was enjoying playing and that she was really enjoying the fans. You could tell that it the support was pumping her up. She was feeding yeah. off of it. Most memorable play. I can't think of anything. My brain is a blank. I don't have a good the memory. Only, the only one that I can think of was the Cheney to A-Rod second goal in the championship. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about when Cheney made that mazy little run and then found A-Rod yes. in the box and she finished it? Yes. Yeah. That was a great That was a great assist and finish. I don't think it was the goal of the year, mm-hmm. but I think that was my favorite play of the year. Uh, I think Nairn had one long-range goal that I really liked this season. Yaya's only goal. Yeah, y'all Averbush's uh long distance. It was what, thirty plus yards? God, it was it was ridiculous. I mean there was the goal we were waiting from her all fucking season long. <sighs> Any other superlatives? Oh, I'll fight you for worst coach of the year. I think I would win. I'm pretty sure um we would be able to go head to head. You know what? Actually Sometimes I feel like a lot of the times the Thorns won in spite of Riley, whereas I feel like a lot of the Breakers wins, they won not in spite of Durkin, with Durkin, but like in kind of a, this could be more efficient way, but I guess they still helped each other win. Is that yeah, making any was, sense? There was, there's no, there's zero compatibility on the Thorns between coaching and players. Well, then what are, what's your hopes for the new year then? Oh man, my hopes for the new year are uh, not sucky attendance for NWSL, uh, a schedule that has a lot of weekend games and not very weeknight matches, a schedule that comes out soon, very soon would be nice, USA to get that third star above the crest for the World Cup, and the Thorns to get a second star. Oh. I, th- I think I think my goals are pretty simple. <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty simple goals. Just win, 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 win. I think I'm... my my teams, my, all your teams to win. That's all you want. Yeah, I I want all my teams to win all the time. That is very different from what other sports fans desire when they <laughs> <Right>? enjoy sports. <laughs> I'm I must I must be drinking the Kool Aid. You're or very unique and refreshing. <laughs> That's my take. You're you're like the Fanta of sports fans. So refreshing. <laughs> I want for yeah, more harmony between coach and players next season. I want a Canada USA World Cup final and I want besides all the stuff that you said, oh, I want better refs and I want more transparency from the league. Ah, those are good. Yeah. Damn it! Why wasn't I? Why wasn't I thinking big? Picture? You used up all your wishes. It's too late. I used up all my wishes. Damn it! So those are our um, hopes and dreams. Uh, a lot of them will probably get crushed because that's just my luck with soccer. You know oh, what? that's that's what we're here for, though. I know. I always expect the worst and hope for the best. I guess we'll see you in the new year. Uh, yeah, maybe... we'll 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 have some some more soccer stuff to talk about in the yeah. next couple weeks. I I'll... think. I'll be heading to the NWSL draft in January. We'll have, dude, we're going to have a one-year anniversary in February. Yeah. Thanks for listening. 
especially if you've been listening all year long. Uh, we hope yeah. you have a we hope you have a really good New Year. You know, make some obtainable resolutions. Also, make some fun ones. Set some good goals, some fun goals. Like, uh, I don't know, like I want to go to a championship of some kind, um, be it NWSL or World Cup or maybe NCAA, the College Cup. Set some, set some fun goals. Set some fun targets. Yeah, treat yourself. And, uh, just enjoy, dude. Just, just enjoy. have a blast. Live every day to the fullest. Live every week like it's Shark Week, Lemon. 